Rye Gave a 13th Horror Podcast is a proud independent podcast. To learn more about the show, visit frygave13.com. Maddie, I'm not so sure about this. I've never done it this way. Now, Andrew, driving here in Ireland is just like driving in America, just on the other side of the road. This, this, it really does make me very nervous. Calm down, breathe, and just accelerate as usual. You'll be fine. Okay, let's give it a try. Just be careful on our country roads, though. It's episode 113. Driving is terrifying. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message. To save America, Scott Socialism, and Scott China. Stay the pie, we honor thee from life to death and Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? Justice! What do we want it? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes that is better. Yeah, and this video is coming to us from Santa Clarita, where people in these two cars can be seen throwing things at each other. This is in an in-and-out drive-thru. They threw bleach, juice, water bottles, all of it going back and forth, along with a lot of nasty language. All of this happening just before 1230, just outside the Six Flags Magic Mountain, near the Old Road and the Five. Now, it's not known exactly what started all of this, but Santa Clarita Sheriff's deputies say they're looking into it. Wow. Vroom, vroom, it's time for Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Maddie. And today we are talking all about driving. And if you've never been with our podcast before, we are the podcast that talks all about horror, horror in real life and in the movies. And today, like I said, it's all about those awful driving people and mechanics and everything to deal with driving. Because let's face it. It's terrifying. <laughs> you know what? Look, look. Driving can be terrifying, but I got to tell you, Andrew, I I do love driving. I do, I do too. Like, um, and, there's and nothing. I, well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, there's nothing I like more than just like. I'm weird about this. I don't really like going on highways, but I okay. do. But I do like just like running errands. <laughs> no, listen, I totally get that. You know, like look. So, so I've, I've, you know, I've been where I live now for Andrew. It's almost three years, which yeah, is it's crazy. It's just insane. But I mean, I had to give up a car when I moved here, right? And like, I've, I've rented cars here, but like, I don't have my own car, which I'm hoping to change this year. I'm going to finally buy one once some shit goes on. That I'll talk about later. But, um, like, I really miss having. I, I, you know what it is with, with a car in the end, at the, at the end of the day? Convenience. Having, convenience, sure. But a car is freedom. Do you know? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's the freedom to just like you fucking get behind the wheel and like hopefully you like the car. Like hopefully you've got the radio that you like too and like your speakers actually work. But like you put on that fucking music, you turn it up, you get your if it's nice out, you put your sunroof back and shit, you roll down the window, you put your not, record on. No. Yeah, you put your record on. You know, and if it's not, if it's cold, you roll up the window, whatever. But like, you know, you can just go do whatever you want and like fuck like remember like during um like i remember like during the pandemic you know when obviously like you couldn't do anything and i would just like get in my car and i would just drive north and like i there was one time i drove like four hours into wisconsin and just like kept going and like didn't go around people but i was like god i'm so grateful that i can like go fucking drive somewhere you know I really miss that. I miss However, that. do you remember the one time where we were going to Wisconsin and oh, your Jesus. windshield wipers malfunctioned and oh my in, God. in the middle of a rainstorm? Oh, my God. So, so wait, wait sh- should we just tell that story really quick? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this was this was way back when, dude. This I, this was 2016. Oh, my God. How many years ago is that now? Eight years ago? Holy yeah. shit. Um, but uh, Andrew and Michael and I and my ex-fiance were going camping. Um, I forget where in Wisconsin, but it was a really pretty park. Um, it, it was it was beautiful. And At was, least five hours away. Let's yeah, just say five, that. five yeah. hours, kind of up by Door County, like really pretty stuff. Um, anyways, on the way there, we were driving through uh, through Manitowoc, actually, which is where um, uh, what's Making that show a murderer. called? Making yeah. a Murderer took place. And we were like, oh, my God. And the fucking rain was unbearable torrential it was was (laughs) torrential hurricane monsoon season shit and so we were driving in my car and i had just replaced the windshield wiper blades but here's himself dude (laughs) i did it on my own which i will never do again because i didn't do it right and so in the middle of this fucking storm the fucking things like I don't know what they do. Like the windshield wiper like goes perpendicular to the fucking windshield. And like yep. we're I mean, we're all literally screaming <laughs> in this gay, car. gay screaming is happening. Gay <laughs> screaming. Now, listen, I just I listen, Andrew, to this day, I blame that on my ex fiance because he was bad luck wherever we went. Um, but listen, we'll never have that problem again. Andrew, listen, we've got a great show lined up for today. Um, two movies. One of them is fantastic and the other one is a movie um <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we'll get we're gonna, to it we'll we're get gonna talk to about it. those but the the films are christine and maximum overdrive i think this is the first episode where we've ever had two stephen king films in True. the episode so yeah. that's that's pretty cool um but before we talk about anything else we'll go to the certified terrifying corner so here it goes we've got a few items lined up for you the first thing is this we are recording today on saturday 13th of january um and next week the republican primary election season begins on the 15th on tuesday in good old iowa um, the state that nobody cares about until it's an election <laughs> and um, or until you want corn <laughs> bingo. Right. Um, so look, it's good. It, it really will be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, you've got Donald Trump, who is leading the ticket um, and has done absolutely no debates at all, has done really nothing except just kind of run around railing against people and being in court and, and has been exercised from the ballot in both Maine and Colorado. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think that's going to stick to be honest, but um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But you know, beneath him would be Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina and the former ambassador to the UN. 
the and also the person who in a recent town hall uh did not list slavery as one of the reasons for the civil war so she's a real peach from the south um and then you've got uh the the guy from florida ron desantis uh, the, yeah. the, listen to me the guy from florida he's the governor of florida actually ron desantis you who is a real guy from, from florida it's fine he's a i'll tell you what he's a real piece of shit do you know what in i his, mean uh, like in his walking around in his kitten heels oh god what a fucking <laughs> freak um and then chris christie's already dropped out blah, 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 blah. Well, i mean whatever look everyone already knows this it will be interesting to see if nikki haley can pull off some kind of upset i kind of doubt it so i'm just gonna guess Trump going to win, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's all a shit show. So, you know what? Let's just let's just. It's kind of like diarrhea. Like, let's just get it Bro, over. Oh, with. God, <laughs> Andrew. Oh, even just even just hearing the word diarrhea always makes me feel like I'm going to have it um, eventually. Anyways, <laughs> next item here is this: the Golden Globes went off last week without a hitch. Um, or so it seems anyway. Um, but I, 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 I'm looking for, for other news besides just the most depressing news lately for the sort of airplane corner. And so variety.com reported that, thank God they're reporting this very important news that no one could get by with in life without, um, Kevin Hart, the comedian, he says that he won't host the Oscars ever again. And he says that, um, uh, that award shows aren't comedy friendly environments anymore hmm. you know the only thing that i've heard <laughs> about this from comics and, and i'm talking about like uh i'd say like bc level comics yeah sure not like kevin hart comics yeah, right. um is that when people are put up for these award show hosting gigs uh-huh. it's like at the last minute, they don't give them any uh, writers. Like they have yeah. to supply their own writers to like do all this stuff. So like, I mean, I kind of get it, but like, yeah. I I think that he's taking it from a, a way more serious vantage point than anyone really needs to. If I'm being honest, but Com- <laughs> co- completely agree. You know, um, I I recently saw a comedian in Dublin, um, and I I don't really do comedians. You know what I mean? I I just I. I don't like going to comedy shows. It's, it's it's never been my thing. It really hasn't been. I used to and not anymore, though. Every now and then, like a little improv <laughs> show might be kind of fun or whatever, but it's not really my thing. Anyways, I saw a guy recently. His name's Kevin James Thornton. Um, he's I, And I really wanted to see him. I thought you were about to say that you saw Kevin James. <laughs> no, I did not. Um, but, but Kevin James Thornton is a comedian who's actually originally from Indiana, um, he grew up in this like crazy evangelical church in the nineties. And that's what he does with his comedy shit. Um, and he is, he's just, he's so fucking funny. Anyway, I had a great time at the show and I met him after and I was like, Hey, I'm from Indiana and I'm also gay. It was kind of fun. Um, and it was, it was wonderful. And it, it was so good. And his comedy is so wonderful, especially for queer people. And like, fuck, get Kevin James Thornton to host something. The problem with people like Kevin Hart with that think they are comedians is that you, you kind of alluded to it there, Andrew, actually, is like they expect everyone to just like take their joke as a joke. And like when anybody says one word about it, they act like they got shot in the fucking head. It's crazy. Whether it's Kevin Hart or um, uh, Dave Chappelle or like literally any of them anymore. I'm just like, stop complaining. You fucking make jokes for a living. Like, 
shut up. And also, <laughs> you're honest. very, very, you're very, very rich from it. So Go. what do you Go. have to complain about? <laughs> like, like I, I almost had fun putting this item in here because I was like, who gives a fuck? Like, I don't fucking care. Anyways, enough of that one. Um, the next, the next and final one is this X, also known as Twitter, um, is now worth. 71% less than what Elon Musk paid for it, which as a reminder was $44 billion. <laughs> $44 oh, billion dollars just to drive it into the ground. <laughs> Twitter sucks. I, you know, I've, I've, I basically <clears throat> left it. Um, I'm not really on it anymore. And, um, uh, it blows. I don't know what else. No, to say. It's, it I mean, we've talked about this at length, but like it, it really does suck because like when we first, got together with this whole gig we made a lot of really good contacts via twitter and we had a lot of really good luck via twitter and now it's like you put something out and you're lucky because listen we're never gonna pay for twitter it's not gonna happen literally never so we are lucky to get like 10 likes on something now like it's it's well, I don't and, know. And it's it's not only that. Like you, if you put anything out on Twitter, you're going to have a thousand trolls on either side of any issue after you all the time. And like that's, that's all that I'm surprised that we don't get. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's all that Twitter has really become anymore is just like people yelling at each other all the time and like ruining each other's lives. It's it's a it's such a hellscape that I used to think was fun, and I got to tell you. I've been off it now, like 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 basically really off it for like two or three weeks, and it feels pretty great. <laughs> like it's just like ah, freedom. Anyways, um, social media sucks sometimes. Uh, so Andrew, that's it. Let's get on with the show. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. I know that you've got some some stats on car accidents mm-hmm. um, and about a really expensive car. Um, I thought that I might uh, talk to you a little bit about my process here of learning to drive in another country. Would you like to hear about it? Yeah, because you're on the other side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So here's the thing, right? So I am 41 and a half years old, and I am um, in a, a week, I'll be taking my final driving lesson, um, which is hilarious because uh, I already know how to drive. Anyways, the driving lessons that I'm taking here are pretty funny. Um, the I have this driving instructor who is this older gentleman who is who's actually really fun to talk to. Um, and he he is Irish, but he lived in South Africa. And on our first driving lesson, Andrew, he said, well, you know, you can hear that I'm Irish, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm just back from South Africa. I've only been back for about a year. I've lived in South Africa for about, you know, 25 years or whatever he said. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, for a long time. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's wild. I was like, you know, do you think that you're going to move you, – you'd ever move back to South Africa? Are you here for good? He said, absolutely not. And I said, why? And he said, because I had to kill my neighbor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, yeah, he had to um, – he lived in Johannesburg, and he had to literally shoot his neighbor when his neighbor was breaking into his house to rob them. Um, Johannesburg is very dangerous, by the way. Um, so that was how my driving lessons began. Cool. And they've been interesting <laughs> ever since. I'm not sure, quite frankly, if he's teaching me very much. I'll be very honest. Yeah, how qualified is this murderer? <laughs> he, yeah, no, he he is qualified for sure. Uh, I won't say what school he's with, but he's qualified. And that is the thing in, in Ireland, though, right? So, like, it's not like – think back to when you were getting your, your permit and then your license, right? Mm-hmm. 
we were not required to go take classes. I mean, you had to learn, obviously. You oh. had to like you had to learn the test and you had to, you know, like get ready. We, we were. You were? In Indiana, yeah. we, in Indiana, we were not. Yeah, we had to take, I think it was mandatory, like 40 hours of driving. Um, like with and, an instructor? Uh yeah. Uh, like, and then like, with like our an, and like an instructor that you had to pay, not like your parents. This was our gym teacher, so I don't remember. Wow. If, I don't remember if we paid for it or not. I'd have to ask my parents well, I, to be honest. I, but I, I can tell you, in Indiana, it was different. In Indiana, we just you just like you took the written test, you got your permit, that was it, and well, then that you explains practiced. a lot about the times that I've driven through Indiana. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and then uh, and then the driving test was kind of the same. Like you, I mean, obviously you had to pass it, so you had to practice and learn. But that was basically it. So over here, though, um, if you are a new driver who's who's Irish, like you you grew up here or whatever, um, or if you're whatever, if, if you're Irish, you have to take 12 driving lessons here. And it's hmm. very it's very expensive to do. And it takes a very long time. Then you get your learner's permit and then you have to get in line, get in the queue for the driving test, which can take like a year sometimes to get. Wow. So for me, I had to take a total of six lessons. Um, I've had four of them. Is um, it the same age? I'm just curious. Uh, ba- basically, yeah. Although I would 16. say here, most people get the process started much later in life. Like people people don't get their licenses here until they're like in their like 20s and 30s. It's, it's oh, wow. really interesting because it's it's not easy to do. And like, frankly, cars are kind of expensive. So not that many people like drive. But um, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with it. And then I'm in the waiting list right now. And I think I'll probably have my driving test in like April or May, somewhere in there. Um, and it's, it's, it's rigorous. Like it's, um, it, you, you do have to learn a lot. You have to do like other things too, that I don't think we ever really did in America, like backing around a corner, for example, or what, what in the, what in the Sam hell are you doing in Indiana? (laughs) Because Andrew, what in the Sam hell are you doing in Michigan? We did not have to learn how to back around a corner. I can guarantee you. Yeah. We had to, we had to park backwards, like, uh, not only parallel park, but we also had to pull into a parking spot backwards. What is What is that back into a spot? Basically. Yeah, but that's that's not the same thing. This is I mean, this is backing around a curb, which is which is completely different. And like and it's done in a very specific way here. And and I'll be honest, like it's it's hard because you're on the other side of the fucking car. It's it's just not the same as like what you're used to. You know what I mean? So like, um, I don't know. It's crazy. So I'm looking forward to it being done. It's cost me a lot of money and I'm just ready <laughs> to have a fucking license again and like own a car. So it should be interesting. Um I, I, I'll be honest, I kind of resent that I have had to do this at 41 years of age, but you know, yeah. I'm almost there. So we'll especially there. since you've had your license in America for, you know, half well, your life. Well, so. I mean, th- that's just the thing. Like if I was from like, you know, the only, the only places that drive on this side of the road are the places that England colonized. Right. Right. So like right. if, if you go to the the continent, like if you go to Italy or France or, or Germany, like they drive on the same side of the road as Americans do. So like what's funny is like if I was from Germany and I had my license, my license would just like be okay in Ireland, which is absurd <laughs> when, you, when you think yeah. about it. Like it's yeah. dumb. You know what I mean? So no, the yeah. thing that the thing that would get me about that is having the um what do you call that thing that you click into place, like into drive or into reverse or into any of the, those things. the gear shift? 
Yeah, like having that on my left side would drive me insane. That's oh the only God. thing that gets me. Yeah, and like people have asked me, like, are you are you taking the manual test? And I'm like, fuck no, I don't know how to drive a manual, and I'm not learning now. It's over, babe. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> every time I see it, I, I watch the Amazing Race uh, every year when it comes on, and every time they have to drive a manual, I'm like, <gasps> well, this is where I fail. <laughs> they have to drive a manual on that. A lot of times, oh, yeah. <laughs> man, that's cruel, dude. That's that that's fucking cruel. I mean, you prepare for it, I'm sure. But anyway, speaking of the uh, driving uh, test, in the United States, I was surprised to see that only 61% of people pass it on their first on their first try. Really? Yeah, I failed my first one. Wow. You and did? I'm, I'm, and I'm an excellent driver. I've only been in one accident my entire life, and that was with my stepfather. But were I you just, get into Do you that. think you were just too nervous when you took it or something? Well, or... Here, here's the thing. My driving instructor was definitely drunk. Um, Are my you mom, kidding? No, my mom was in the back seat, and we afterwards were like, he like reeked of vodka, like you could smell it on his breath, and he and then failed you, and then but also, I did run a red light on accident, but it happens. You know what? he 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 failed me on one thing and that was like that was like the 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 standard like you couldn't make that mistake and and pass and it was fine i took it one week later and passed with flying yeah colors. sure it was not like a a big deal but like it was just one of those things where like you're you're so amped up you're 16 i had already bought my chevy corsica oh my god <laughs> such, such a classic midwest car and um and and then you fail and you're like well now I can't do anything with it, but like, it's just, it's, I, I think it's like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, it's an age thing. Like you just have to go through it. You have to get through it. It's not a big deal. Like everyone I mean, makes yeah. like, such a big deal about it, but listen, it's just a car. It's just a driving. Like you, you'll, you'll get it. Like, even if you're nervous about it and, and I doubt any of our listeners are 16 and getting ready to take their driver's test. Like I'm trying to, like, well, you, you know what? Them, but I, the, the, I, I, after being a driver in Chicago for many, 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 many years, Ugh, yikes. Like I, I started to think of driving as an art to be honest. And like, you have to, because like, everyone oh, is. Yeah. yeah. And like, and that's the thing is like, you know, I, when I would go to other places where people drive so differently, like, and I mean like, like really differently. So like, I'm thinking about like how they drive in Hawaii, for example. And like when I would yeah. go to Hon- when I would go to Hon- Honolulu for business and like a couple of times I would, I would have to rent a car because of just what we had to do with, with the stuff that we were doing and like fucking this is the fucking, this is drive so slow and they're so careful and they're so there's, and they're also so like kind and it was hilarious every time that like their kindness pissed me off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, just get the fuck! I just have to go. Get out of yeah, my where way. you're where you're where you're at the cross the cross oh. streets, and you're like, no, you go, no, you go, just no, you go, go. Just, <laughs> you go. just fucking go.' But like that's the thing is like when you drive in Chicago, like I, I've said this to many people before who like I I were either visiting or I was with them. I was like, listen, you kind of have to be aggressive in Chicago because if you don't you will be the one that gets hit. I can guarantee yeah. you. Like you just got to, you got to go, you got to be real and just fucking go. And people, and you got to be like, generally, on it. yeah, like you, you got to like on it, but people <laughs> are generally like other drivers around you are generally used to that. Do you know what I mean? Like they're like, they're ready for you also to be amped to the fucking core dude. And like, that's how you drive in Chicago. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a literal, like video game. Like you have to be yeah. like ready for anything at any time. And totally. now, 
And uh, you haven't even been here when this happened, but now we have so many alternative vehicles in Chicago. Like we have scooters, we have the motorized bicycles, we have manual bicycles, we have... I, I, the, we have too, these things. Too many of these things. We have these things where it's just one wheel and people stand on it, and you just kind of—it's like a Segway almost. But there's just so many vehicles that it is like a fucking video game when you go out on the road now, where you just have to pay attention to so much. <laughs> it's insane. Totally, <laughs> for sure. Um, so speaking of cars, um, I think we've all had our fair share of vehicles in our lives. Um, what, what do you think is the most you've ever spent on a car? Um, well, it's a good question. So I, uh, I never really had to buy a car to be honest. Like the, the cars that I got were always hand-me-downs and Mm -hmm. the last car that I had was a hand-me-down from my mom. And so like, you know, that was a car that lasted for a good long while, I will say that like that car, I personally had to pump a lot of money into it because it was a, of bit, course, of, yeah. it was a bit of a money pit. And like, you know, just it was always sort of like a systemic thing. Like one thing would go wrong and then another and then another and then, and then another. Kind as of thing. soon as you don't have car payments, you'll have car repairs. Bingo, <laughs> Bingo completely. Um, I would say wh- what I can tell you like now is that like the cars I'm looking at now, that those will be the ones that I'll, I'll spend the most on for sure. And I would say that the car that I'm probably going to buy once I get my license here that car will probably be around 35,000 to 40,000 euro, I would say, which in dollars, I can tell you in just a moment, it won't be too far off of that. Hold on. It's about the same. EUR to USD is about 38,000, I would say. Okay. So somewhere around there. Um, So that will be my most expensive car. Yeah. Once I get it. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, listen, I've never bought a brand new car in my entire life. It's just never been in the cards for me. Um, I've never leased a car, uh, which I hear is, uh, both, uh, awesome and terrifying all at the same time because you get, because you get a brand new car every three years, but also there's so much pressure with like mileage and repairs and all that stuff. Um, the most I've ever spent is our, our current car, which is a 2008, Volkswagen Jetta, it's nothing special. Um, we bought that probably eight, nine years ago. Okay. Uh, and that was twelve thousand dollars. So that's nice. like the most we've really spent yeah. on on a car. And it's lasted us for a good long while. Um, are we dealing with a lot of things recently? Sure. But it's old now. I mean, at the same I mean, that now it's I mean, how old is it now? I mean, eight four. I can't do that math right now, uh, but it's like fifteen like six, years. Yeah, sixteen years old this year. Yeah. So we'll get a new car soon and I'll update the, the listeners when we do. Um, but yeah. on average, the non-luxury sedan these days costs about $32,000. That makes sense. Um, that's like the average though. The full size units with like, you know, your, your navigation and yeah. like your, your heated seats and da, 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 whatever fuckery is happening with, with cars these days is going to net you around $45,000. And then that doesn't take into account um, what you're going to have to deal with at the, uh, what do you, what do you call those places where you buy cars? (laughs) Uh, The dealership. Yeah. What you're going to have to deal with there because listen, going to a dealership and dealing with salespeople at a dealership is one of the most stressful things you'll ever do in your life and it will take up more time than you ever think it will even if you're just ready to buy the car 
Sure. Uh, and you'll end up walking out with probably way more out of your pocket than you ever expected. <laughs> exactly. So, right. <laughs> um, but do you want to know what the most expensive car to date these days is? Please tell me. It is the Rolls Royce boat tail and it goes for, get this, $26.2 million. Is that all? Really? This thing better. I've actually, I've, I've also, I've just Googled it so I, so I can look at it. Oh my, oh is my it, God. Is it nice looking? I mean, it's, an I mean, eight, it, so what I, what I pulled here is it says it's an 18.7 foot long convertible with its vintage and modern design is powered by a twin turbo V12 engine and eight speed automatic transition. This I, rolling yacht was produced only three times and reserved for billionaires. Given I mean, look, I, like, I'm not going to lie. I, what I, would I ever pay that much money for this car? No, but is this a pretty car? Yeah, that but, might be that might be one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen in my life. To be when honest, you're spending, it is pretty fucking when cool. you're spending that amount of money on a car, are you not a little bit afraid to drive it? <laughs> um, you know, I I would be like, you know, I I know people that that like that like own a Bentley and like. I, you know, and they, these are people that really love cars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, frankly, they have the money to buy these cars. Like they, they, they have a lot of money. So like, I, I know of somebody who has a Bentley and like a Porsche and, and like a few other cars. Like he's, he's really into cars and he's a great guy. So I'm glad that he has these things. You know what I mean? But like the thought, like I, I would love a Bentley. They're beautiful cars, but like I would be scared to death to ever drive it literally anywhere because right. if one if one nick happened or if a rock hit it or something I would I would be in shambles you know what I, I mean know. I almost feel like the only way that you can own cars like this is like number one if you are a true true car hound like or, a collector yeah or number two like if you literally just have so much money that you could drive it around and not care because if if something happens, you would just get it repaired and you'd be fine. You know, you know what I mean? Because it's repairs terrifying. on these things would be, but they would be astronomical to, just to repair it. Well, speaking of that, let's get into car accidents. Oh, joy. Um, the terrifying part of, of owning and driving For sure. a car. Um, Maddie, have you ever been in a car accidento? I have. Yeah, I've been in a few. Um, thankfully none of them were, um, none of them were ever that bad, <laughs> which is good. Um, but you know, I've, I've been in some where like maybe I was a dummy and this wasn't watching and maybe I like, you know, bumped into somebody's you know back end or whatever. Um, or I've been in a couple of like where I've been crashed into, but you know, once again, thankfully nothing awful. I've been in some some accidents that didn't involve another car where like I like um like once I I, I hit a curb really really hard and and like Ooh, popped, the, popped the wheel put the wheel popped and like I damaged that you know the the wheel well of the car um and then like you know look living in Chicago it's sort of like part and parcel like eventually you're going to have like a road accident in terms like a of flat like tire yeah know, like, like a, I mean that some of the potholes in Chicago should have their own zip code like they're insane and like you you can't see these things all the time so you'll just you'll hit one and like you might have a, a pretty bad accident that, that happened to me a couple of times in Chicago yeah um I've only been in a couple um That's good. none none serious um, I was, I remember distinctly one in my mom's when, when she was driving her Ford Tempo. A Tempo. Uh, 
where I was in the passenger seat and we got side not sideswiped what do you call it? t-boned t-boned oh god on, on, on my side and that oh was pretty traumatizing for me as a little kid but like nothing really i wasn't injured or anything but it was just like traumatizing as like a formative driving yeah, experience sure. you know um and then the only other <laughs> the only other time i got in a car accident is when i was i was backing out of our driveway and my stepdad was driving into our driveway and it oh, just god. was like that perfect Oh no! That perfect thing of just like we were both trying to go no. somewhere at the same time, we couldn't see. Yeah, it was like slow no. motion, and it just—I slammed into his. Uh, I think it was a Windstar, that awful van, terrible and van. Ugh. My listen, my Chevy Corsica only had a scuff, and his van was completely totaled. So <laughs> let's just Wait, his, say. the van was totaled from that. Well, we couldn't we couldn't ever open the side door ever again because oh it was God. like crushed in, like basically. <laughs> that is insane. But no, I've had I've had really good luck with driving. Um, you know, I've gotten the occasional flat tire. There's sure. always that really cold day in Chicago where you're really. Um, where your tire pressure is not used to the cold and oh, you for know, sure. on average you'll get a flat tire around that time. And there's been times um, just this past Christmas, our alternator decided to go out in our car and I was on the highway, which was really scary. And we had to kind of, and if anybody's ever been on a Chicago highway, these things are, no one cares that you're on the side of the road and broken down. Oh yeah. We, we even had state police, drive by us and not stop so oh god. <laughs> that's just like, saying something like but. seriously pathetic my god yeah. um but talking about car accidents so the number of fatal car accidents in each state has actually risen significantly over the last several years from mm. 2018 to 2022 um the number of deadly accidents in the united states has risen about 16 percent oh from wow. from a about 37,000 to about 43,000 given 2022. Mm, interesting. Um, state by state is very interesting. Um, the most fatal accidents happened in Texas. Um, the Lone Star State has over uh, just about 4,500 fatal car at crashes um, in, in these years. Um, Texas also has the most total lane mileage of any state. So huh. it's obviously a very big state. There's obviously yeah. a lot of people that live there. So no surprise that maybe this would be, you know, a part of it, you know, and speaking of that, another huge state, uh, California was close in second with 4,400 deadly car accidents. No, see, that's just the thing though, is like California does not surprise me. Texas actually does surprise me. To be Yeah. Honest. You would feel like there would be like just open roads. Well, you know I mean, what I mean? That, I mean, like, I mean, for listeners who have never been, I mean, for listeners who don't live in America or like, don't really understand the size of it. I mean, Texas is fucking gigantic. It yeah. is, it is, you don't understand how big it is. Like you can fit, I don't know, maybe like four Frances inside a fucking town. It's fucking huge. So like, I mean, I, I would just guess, you know, just like you, like, well, I, I, what I do wonder is I wonder like where like the concentration of those are happening. Like, are they by, are they mostly by Houston, Dallas, San Antonio kind of thing? Austin, you know what I mean? Like, are, are they by the cities or are they rural? I'm going to guess they've got to be by the cities. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of, um, Rhode Island only had 54 deadly car crashes in 2022. But I mean, um, but for Rhode Island, that's probably pretty big. You know, I mean, like, because Rhode Island's just, it's so, it's so small. 
You can drive through the state of Rhode Island in one hour, people. We did. We yeah. did in June, actually. Um, it's, it's interesting. You know, like, I, I'll say, like, for me, the the issue of, like, fatalities in cars is, is oh, it always hits close to home. That That's how my dad died. Right. Um, and he died in um, in a T-bone, basically. He, he, was, uh, it was on, he was on a country road. It was um, it was a really stormy day. It was a detour. Blah 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 blah. The farmer hadn't cut down the fields. There's a whole number of like of little circumstances that like led him to be in this accident. Um, and he just got hit by this truck that you know it happened right at the same time as they were going through this intersection, and he died from from blunt force trauma. Um, and you know it's interesting like that accident. I think when I was a lot younger, I like I think that that was traumatized. I mean, obviously it was traumatizing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like in, in terms of like me getting behind the wheel of a car, I think it was traumatizing like for like a couple of years, but like actually like as I look back on it now and I, I kind of wonder if my siblings feel the same way. We haven't really talked about this in a while, but like, um, I'm not like, it doesn't scare like that. That doesn't scare me with driving, which is, which is really interesting. I think looking back at it, like I well, don't feel like super traumatized by it. Like when I get behind the wheel of a car, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was truly an accident. So yeah, I mean that that's just can't... the thing. It's so random. You just have to like go with it. I think for my mom, I think it was it was obviously it was traumatizing for her too. Duh. But I think for her, I think she worried a lot more about all of us in cars than we sure. worried about ourselves. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And um and like with me, God, like. Ugh. My God, good luck driving with her. Uh, it was just, it was constantly telling you what you were doing wrong, which to be fair, most moms do. Um, but she was terrified all the time of it. And like, for me, I, I guess I was always like, you know, look, when I get behind the wheel of a car, there's a certain amount of trust that you have to put in the people around you. You yeah. know, like you just, because if you don't have that contract, you, you couldn't do anything. <laughs> like you just have to believe other people are going to be okay too, you know? Well, and I think like, you have to know that like, I don't know, people are going to have your best interest in hand. And Hopefully like, yeah. but you know, now in the, in this day and age with, um, you know, Uber and Lyft and all these things, like we're yeah. constantly putting our own trust in, in other people to get us to the airport, to get us to the restaurant, to get us to yeah. the bar, to get us to wherever we're going. So, well, and, and I think that, that that's probably very likely to, to advance in, 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 in a number of degrees very quickly. Like I don't, I really do think that like our big cities eventually like cars will not be around in the next like 15 years. And I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I really do. And like, I think that it's going to be replaced by mostly automated everything. And so, like, I, I don't think there will be people driving the Uber. I think that you, the Ubers or whatever that becomes, it will just be robot. And you will just be taken around by this, that, or the other thing. And um, I think it's going to be welcome in this world. You know, like, as much as I love driving, like, look, cars fucking suck for the environment. They're not good. And we can't keep it up. It's just not going to last, you know? Yeah. Well, and just to round out some of this, this state evidence, yeah. it's interesting the, what, what you're talking about, because despite the large population, New York is not even close to a leading state in fatal car accidents. Um, it only had around 1,150 in 2022 because people don't really own cars in the New York and New Jersey area because yeah. they get around by public transit for the most yeah, I mean, part like, like <laughs> uh, unless they live upstate new york but if you're in if you're in new york city and you own a car you're a fucking millionaire like yeah <laughs> other than that like uh, none of our friends that live there have cars not one of them so like 
that's that would be a luxury I mean, for people. For the first three years I lived in Chicago, I didn't have a car. Yeah, same. I didn't so. have. A, I didn't have. A, I didn't have my own car for like I don't know ten years in Chicago. I would say. I mean, it's just. All right. how it was. Just to give it a little bit of comedy to end our horror in real life. Love I it. Did, I did look up some of the uh, funniest vanity license plates because <clears> I think vanity license plates are the most ridiculous thing that people can do. <laughs> they, they are. They're they're pretty insane. Because this requires you to not only go to the DMV, but to go to the DMV and ask for special treatment at the DMV. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, some of the funny ones that I saw. Um, so this is in context. It's on a white Ford Bronco, oh classic Bronco. Think about the 90s. And his license plate is just not OJ. <laughs> That's funny. That is very funny. From New Jersey. Um this next one is okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna give you the letters and you can you can surmise from there um i could not see what what state this was from but it's p-o-w-r-b-t-t-m that stands for power bottom folks (laughs) i have i have known i have uh i've known only a couple in my life they are rare unicorn gems that i love um as a top um that that's pretty funny and then uh, another one from california just says dump him <laughs> yeah yeah look i look i agree dump him yes um <laughs> uh, a, a proud mom from kansas just says tan kids oh my god <laughs> could, you, oh, could you imagine jesus um another proud Mama, maybe from North Carolina just has sharts <laughs> why would you why would you want that why know. would you want that? Who wants shart on their car? All right. This next one I'm going to spell out for you, and then I'll give you context. It's X3222A. Okay. Now honestly, that, I, I don't know what this means. That doesn't seem like a lot, but put it in reverse like you would see it in a mirror. A ass sex. Ass sex. Yeah. <laughs> It says ass sex. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna get that. If I can get a vanity plate here, which I don't think I can, I'm gonna get ass sex as my vanity. I think plate. it's. I th- I actually think that one's kind of ingenious. That because is it has to be in reverse. For a minute, <laughs> so. I was like, what? It, what is this? Like a, bit like a Star Wars reference or something? I don't know. Yeah. So the the next one. Um. So this is my one of my biggest pet peeves about people with cars is when people buy old cop cars because I think it should be outlawed and I don't think also, you should be allowed to buy. Also, old they're cop they're cars. fucking ugly. Don't buy them. Like that's <laughs> you're a fucking you're gross if you buy that. And their license plate just says wee woo. <laughs> that is kind of funny. And then of course from the great state of Colorado, what is every vegan how how do you know somebody's vegan? Well, they'll tell you with their Don't license worry. plate. <laughs> Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> I'm vegan is their license plate. <laughs> Although it is funny. I I will say I I'm I'm dating a vegan right now. And he is, he's not super, um, he's, he's not flying that flag, which is, which is nice. I mean, there could be something said for the politeness of Europeans talking about being vegan. But in America, they're going to tell you ass. It's it's like, remember, remember the old joke? How do you know someone's polyamorous? Don't worry. They'll tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what was it? I I was, it was sitting in front of someone and they were like, uh, this is a very Chicago joke. So forgive me. But they were like, how do you know somebody's from Schaumburg? They'll tell you. (laughs) You could use that for, for like Naperville too, I feel like. I know. Yeah. 
Um, well, awesome. Listen, that was a great horror in real life segment, Andrew. Should we take a break here and come back with what you've been watching, bitch? Let's go see what we've been watching, bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Whatcha Been Watching, bitch. What you been watching, you automatic slash manual bitch? Ah, there you go. Well, listen, folks, this is the this is the segment of the show. I can't speak today. This is the segment of the show where we talk about what we've been watching. These can be movies, it could be TV shows, it could be books sometimes, or concerts or whatever. But we're just going to tell you the stuff that we've really enjoyed consuming since we last spoke to you. So, Andrew, why don't you tell us what your first thing is? So my first one is called Crazy Fun Park, and it is on Hulu. Um, this is an Australian show. Um, it's a horror. Do an Australian com- accent, Andrew. Do an accent. I can't. Come I on, can't. Try. I get it mixed. Up. I get it mixed up with. Just British. try it right now. I can't. It, try it. Uh, I, um, oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's actually kind of good, though. <laughs> But um, it's funny because I do listen to like an Australian podcast. I should know how to do this, but I don't know. <laughs> <Oy! Anyway. laughs> um, but Crazy Fun Park is about um, two uh, teens that live in kind of um, like a suburb of one of like it's not a city in in, in Australia, but it's like okay. a suburb. And they have this uh, amusement park that's been out of commission for a number of years because a number of people died there. And like the jeez, oh, think of that. Did you watch that documentary about the New Jersey amusement park? Yeah, it's kind of like that, I loved that it. Oh my god, it's such a great documentary. And so they decide to go there one night and some crazy things happen. And then they kind of go through like a little bit of a falling out. And one of the friends passes away. And when his other friend goes back to the fun park, he realizes that his friend died at the fun park and now lives at the fun park. And there's a number of other ghosts that live at the fun park that have died over the years. So they're kind of like in suspended you know, pur- purgatory sure, at sure. crazy fun park. And we don't know why. And that's kind of the whole point of the whole show is like trying to figure out what the mystery is. And, and it, it's on Hulu currently. Um, I really liked it. It's, it's definitely horror light. You know okay, what I mean? Like it's, sure. it's, you know, when you talked about ghosts last episode, yeah, it's kind of that sort of comedy slash horror, like where okay, there's fun. horrific things that happen, but it's still from a comedy angle. Um, and it's pretty endearing. Um, I got a little bit bored towards the middle of the show, but then it kind of picked back up towards the end. It's 10 episodes. Uh, so anybody that's like into something like ghosts or looking for something that's a little maybe horror light, check out Crazy Fun Park on Hulu. I love that. I will. Um, just not on Hulu. Um, I'm sure it's on Disney Plus. Anything on Hulu is on Disney Plus now. Um, I'll tell you about a film um, that I just saw. Um, It is called Past Lives. Uh, Past Lives is a movie um, that has uh, really only only like recently come out in 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 the 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 last few weeks. It's an it's an A twenty four movie. It's directed by a uh, director who is Canadian and and Korean. Her name is Celine Song. This is I, I this is really her like debut feature, um, and this is what a great movie. I 
just truly enjoyed it. Um, it's from A24, but it's not a horror movie. Go figure. Um, it's a brilliant little lovely love story. And um, it's centered around, um, let me just pull up their names really quick. Centered around, where's the cast on this? Jesus. Um, I, you know, I forget their names. Uh, hey, Hey, Sung. Okay. Oh, I know it. Nora, Nora Moon is, is the, is the woman and Hey Sung is, is the guy. And, um, they grow up together as like childhood friends in Korea and Seoul. And, um, there is this one day that happens where, um, where they're about to immigrate. Um, but the kids don't know it yet. And the, the mom takes them on, uh, the, the two moms take them on a date when they're children. And, um, like the day after they fucking leave Korea and like these oh kids, God. these kids very clearly like, like each other and like, they're, you know, they're young, but like, it's like very, very young love kind of thing. And it's just all about their stories from there. I don't want to give a whole lot away cause it, it really is just a, a glorious little film. Um, but what I really loved about it was just like, it's lovely. Like I haven't seen a lovely movie in a long time, if I'm being honest. That's cool. <laughs> and like this that. movie was just lovely. It's a beautiful little love story. And so much happens in it. And like like the the name suggests, past lives, it deals with the 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 Korean cultural concept of in yun, I-N apostrophe uh Y-W-N. And there's like this concept of like you might feel you might like brush past somebody on the street and feel this incredibly strong feeling when you do, or you might see somebody and feel like you're really connected to them, even though you don't know them at all. And that is an indicator of in Yoon and that there are all these thousands of lifetimes between you where you've been repeating things over and over again or where you live entirely new lives together, but you're still connected in one way or another. Right. So it's kind of like reincarnation, kind of like past lives kind of shit. And so that's what this movie really deals with. Um, I saw it on a date and we, we both really liked it. It's a good it's a good date movie, I would say, if, if you're if you're into that. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. So, you know, I don't know how you can see it outside of the theater. I'm not sure if it's like streaming anywhere yet. I think you can like rent it on Apple and, you know, probably see it on Amazon and stuff. But if you get the chance to see past lives, see it. It is in both English and Korean. So if you're not in the subtitles, get over it. Watch it anyway. Wonderful movie. Highly recommend past lives. Cool. Uh, I like a good feel good movie every once in a while. We don't I, have very many of them anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I think you and Michael would really both like this one. Cool. I'll check it out. Um, the next one I have is a newer Shutter movie, uh, The Sacrifice Game. <laughs> this. So How this was a, this? Um, you know what? I everything I've heard about this, people really didn't like it. Okay. I I liked it, but it definitely has. I, I'm going to say I I liked it like with yeah. with caveats because there are a lot of like acting choices that are like well and, not, and this is a shutter movie right it's a shutter this is a shutter original yeah okay so basically what this movie is about is about two girls that um are kind of left behind during a winter recess at a boarding school okay and uh, they're basically left behind because their parents either can't come pick them up or you know circumstances and um they're there with the one teacher that has been chosen to be like you know the person that stays behind and takes care of the the leftovers and um and her boyfriend who's played by Gus Kenworthy of all what? people really <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, um, I, I love Gus Kenworthy but <laughs> Who was the casting person? <laughs> like why? I, a weird choice. Kind of a weird makes, choice. Makes but anyway. no sense. 
Um, and basically what happens is they are infiltrated by a group of um, kind of like culty people and the, you're kind of you kind of don't understand why the cult people are there at the beginning and then it slowly over time reveals like what's happening but and and i will say like there are like what i said like there are some acting choices that are they're special like okay. somebody really committed to like being this you know kind of thing but like i do i did like the um the story arc that happens. And I okay. thought that the twist at the end was pretty original. If I'm, if I'm being totally honest, I sure. still had fun with it, but this is like, this is the, this is the era that I'm going into now to where I, I, I just try to look for like the good stuff anymore because I hate negativity around horror. And so like, like maybe that. this, maybe this movie is not going to be for you. I still had fun with it, but I know a lot of people, said it was kind of shitty so i got i gotta like ride that line i guess so but i liked it so if you if you trust my taste go check out the sacrifice game (laughs) nice um my next movie is one called sisu um i watched this on demand i don't know somewhere i honestly can't remember i watched it but i'm sure you can watch it in a number of places uh it is s-i-s-u sisu this is a um this is a finnish movie um so it's from finland um, they don't talk like that there. They don't. Even, <laughs> that, that was actually that was actually mean of me. I've, I I take that back. I I don't even know what finish. Listen, you like. made me say oi earlier. Oi, oi, oi. Um, I don't know. That's not how Finnish people speak. Also, Finnish people are very nice and they're very happy. Anyways, um, very attractive. Jeez. They are. They are. They are attractive people. Anyways, <laughs> um, this is a rough movie. I'm gonna tell you that right now. So Sisu takes place during World War II. Um, it's near the end of the war and um, the Nazis are in Finland and they're like wreaking havoc and being assholes because that's what they fucking do. And um, they come across this fucking dude who I don't even remember his name. And honestly doesn't even remember. I think it's Atami if I remember correctly. Anyways, Atami is in Lapland, which is like in the wilderness. Lapland now, by the way, is like where people take their kids in Europe on like like right before christmas because like they all believe like that's like the north pole so like it's like like it snows a bunch up there and i think that's santa shit like my, my literally boss, not my, but that's like, yeah right my, my my boss takes his kid there every year though it's, it's actually it's really cute and like they like do all the christmasy stuff anyways um but this is like lapland not christmas stuff and like it's like it's like it's like takes place in the summer so it's kind of hot out or whatever and like there is this dude atami a who's a who's a finnish guy who is digging for gold, right? And this is not a spoiler, I promise. Listen, the dude finds gold very early on in the movie, but he finds a fuck ton of gold. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like, he's like panning for gold kind of shit, like in the ground gold. I mean, oh, like, okay. Like, so it's not, not like, like he found yeah, a fortune or something. Bingo, yeah. right? I mean, like, the dude is like getting the fucking gold. You know what I mean? So he fucking digs this shit out, but like at the same time, he knows that there are Nazis fucking everywhere. So he has to like get this shit to the bank ASAP. But on the way to the bank, the motherfucker meets up with a bunch of Nazi dudes. Now, little do the Nazis know that this guy is like a fucking legend. And like, I mean, this dude is battle fucking hardened. He's older. He's got a big old beard, all that kind of shit. But like, there's a part where like, he's like bathing in the river and like, like, I'm not into daddies. Yeah, I just hope to be one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like this guy is 
ripped but like old he's like like, he's like the jason statham of finland yeah but like but like older and like like, but like you know if you were into daddies i think you'd be into this kind of thing you know what i mean and like he clearly is like ready to kick some ass and he's clearly also from the scars all over his body the dude has been through a fucking lot and so these nazis yeah, like I'll just tell you about, about just about like like the first one. He like rides his horse past this first group of Nazis, and then like they try to like get him, and he just wallops the fuck out of them. And the movie just goes on from there. Like you don't fuck with this guy at all. It was great. Like I love any movie where Nazis get the fucking shit kicked out of them, and this is one of them. So if you enjoy those kind of movies, like you're gonna like this. And I would say too, like the style of it is sort of like. How can I say this? Like in terms of like 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 the fighting parts of it, mm-hmm. it will remind you of like Kill Bill kind of shit without the stylization. If that makes any so sense like, at all, like over the top a little bit, a little bit over the top, but like it's not going to be like fucking neon colors. It's it's not it's not yeah, any of yeah. that shit. But like it's Got like it. over the top violence. But like this dude fucking goes for it. I love this movie. I watched it, you know, at, at night or whatever. It wasn't one that I was planning on watching, but it just came up and I was like, you know, let's give it a try. I loved it. So give it a shot. You know, it's, of course, you know, a, a lot of it's, it's it's in English. So, it, you know, you'll enjoy it. It's only 91 minutes long. It is power packed and action packed. You'll love it. Cool. See you soon. Sounds, sounds fun. Fun. Um, my next one is It Lives Inside. And this is currently on Hulu. Um, I remembered seeing a preview for this a while ago and being really excited to see it. And then it just kind of disappeared. Hmm. And then all of a sudden it was on Hulu and I was like, oh, that movie. I remember seeing the preview for that. Um, This is all about an Indian American family that uh, had their daughter, their only daughter, is really trying to assimilate to American culture. So she's kind of like pushing away her, her Indian heritage. Like she doesn't want to do anything with like her mom like cooks like traditional food and like she doesn't want anything to do with it and one day she comes across another indian american girl who she was friends with as kids and they've since like you know kind of drifted a drifted apart yeah um and she has this jar and she's kind of talking about like it's you know it's in there it's in the jar and and the girl's like, I, I don't want to deal with you. Like, da da da. And she knocks it out of her hand and the jar breaks. Little do we know, this releases a demon that it has of course ties. It does. <laughs> it, it, that has ties to like Indian culture that I don't want to go too far into because sure, it kind sure. of over explains the movie. But um, this movie was really spooky. And I thought that it was really, really good up until the. Um, because just like anything like what you can't see is more scary than what you can see yeah absolutely so like i thought it was really scary up until they kind of show the demon and like (sighs) the demon design just looks kind of goofy if i'm being honest yeah but like up until that point i really really liked it and i kind of can forgive kind of the ending just because like hey just enjoy what you enjoyed about the movie. Like, I don't yeah, know. Sure, what to say. Sure. But um, I will say that that was kind of a little bit of a detractor was kind of the practical effects on the demon itself. But when it is, because there is a part where I'm not going to say who the character is, but there is a part where one character is literally invisibly like crushed to death. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it is. 
it is pretty scary. So um, if it, I thought it was a really original idea. It reminded me a lot of the Boogeyman, which we watched earlier. Oh yeah, this sure. Year. sure. Um, and so like if you're into that kind of thing, uh, I definitely give this a chance. It's on Hulu right now for free, so you can watch it. It it lives inside. Cool. Uh, my next one is the holdovers, the holdovers. Um, I want to watch this. It's eerily similar in, um, to the one that you mentioned earlier, the sacrifice game, which is kind of funny. It's about, you know, people that get left over at a school. Um, and there's, you know, the one teacher who has to watch what are called the holdovers while they're there for the holidays. <laughs> Interesting. That's, yeah. I didn't see the parallels there. Yeah. Well, while, while you were talking about it, I was like, that's so weird that came out at the same time. Anyways, um, the holdovers is directed uh, and, and comes from Alexander Payne. Alexander Payne has been a, I mean, God, just a, a, such a successful filmmaker. Um, if you've seen Election, for example, which is fantastic, oh, or, okay. or Sideways, which I just adore, The Descendants, about Schmidt, uh, Nebraska, Downsizing, some really great films have come from Alexander Payne. Um, and I'm, I'm one of his big fans. And this one is by far like his, his new best one. Uh, this one, this, if you will, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, and it, I think it's really lovely because, uh, I'm using that word a lot today. Lovely. Um, it's lovely because it's just really simple. It's a simple story. Um, but, but you know, that, that goes into really complex, you know, themes and, and to, into, you know, some dark parts of, of what it is to be a human. Um, but it ends, uh, you know, of course I won't tell you how this ends, but it ends in a really, I think, hopeful way, which is a movie that maybe we need these days. Um, the Holdovers is definitely going to be viewed as a holiday movie. And and this is, I mean, I bought it. This is one that I'm going to watch probably every Christmas now, to be honest. Uh, Paul Giamatti stars in probably one of the best roles he's ever done. You know, I, I think Paul, Paul Giamatti is a great actor. You know, there, there are some times when maybe I, I get a little bit, I, I used to get a little bit tired of Paul Giamatti because he was just kind of always playing the same thing. I, I'm not sure that this is that far off of that, if I'm being honest. And I, what I mean by that is it's Paul Giamatti being Paul Giamatti. He doesn't being really, neurotic. Yeah. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't really do anything different. But I think in this case, it works so incredibly well. Like it's it's just it's there in, in the same way that I think he worked incredibly well in Sideways or the same way that he worked really well in American Splendor or any of the amazing films that he has been in before. Um, Paul Giamatti plays this uh, this this high school teacher at an elite prep school in the Northeast. Um, and uh, I, f- I forget what the name of the school. Oh, Barton. Barton is the name of the school. And so he is he is there in New England and he is a former student at this prep school who went to Harvard and found himself back at the school being a teacher. Um, So as you can imagine from that, that's not really where he wanted to end up. So he's sort of a curmudgeon. He's a dick. He's mean to the kids. And like, he just, he's the classic mean teacher basically. And of course all the holdovers end up with him as the person watching them over Christmas. Um, There's one boy in particular, who's one of the older boys, uh, Dominic played by Dominic Sessa played beautifully by Dominic Sessa. Um, and he's sort of like the, he, like they're, they're just like, they're just enemies. Like they really don't like each other. And so they are the two that end up together in this holdover situation. At the same time, Devine Joy Randolph, um, who is so good in this movie. She is so fucking good in this movie. She is the cook at Barton. And so she also has to stay behind too. Um, but her son also went to Barton before as well. And you learn really early on that her son was a student there because she was a cook. He could go there for free um, and that he had only recently been killed in Vietnam. 
And so like, it just, it, it, you, they're stuck there. There's all these family issues around it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and like I said, where it ends up is somewhere really, really hopeful. So I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it so much that I bought it for not cheap. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, you know, I would say maybe watch it now before the Christmas spirit leaves you entirely, you know, as you go into the year. Um, but I really enjoyed it and I hope that you do too. Cool. Yeah. And this is somewhere like HBO max or something. Cause I remember seeing it. Yeah. So I definitely would give this a shot. Um, my last one is kind of a holdover from the holiday season. Just like you were talking about. This is a movie called it's a wonderful knife and it is on shutter. Um, I don't know why there's so much hate around this movie. Um, I think a lot of people maybe have a case of grinchiness. I don't know, but there's, there's a lot of people that really hated this movie and a lot of people that I really respect and why kind of trust their opinion that that didn't really like this movie. I thought it was perfectly fine. (laughs) It's not going to, it's a shutter original. It's not going to knock your socks off. I mean, it's it's called, it's a wonderful knife. What do you think it's going to be? Fucking Amadeus. (laughs) I mean, like who gives a fuck? Just to give a little bit of a context around what the movie's about, it's about a girl who on one Christmas stumbles upon a serial killer and um, inadvertently ends up killing him. And then a year later, basically, her family wants to forget about it. The whole town wants to forget about it. And so she feels very um fed up she feels very like why did i even why do i even exist and so she kind of does it's a wonderful life thing and says like well i want like basically i don't want to be i don't what what i don't want to be born basically and then it's all about like her trying to figure out her new life and trying to get back to her old life because it's it's a wonderful life and it's a wonderful knife so like you can kind of like get the context but um i mean there's a lot of really good people joel McHale's in this okay um uh catherine uh catherine isabel from ginger snaps is in this Uh, there's a ton of queer representation her brother is gay her aunts are gay like i is that the reason why people didn't like this movie i don't know honestly probably yeah um i really enjoyed it i thought it was a perfectly lovely little slasher homage to it's a wonderful life and that's all i needed so congratulations shutter you win my love i don't know why other people can't just enjoy something <laughs> in the words in the words of bet midler fuck them if they can't take a joke um my final one is you are what you eat a twin experiment on netflix oh um, what <laughs> yeah well, i watched this the other night um this it's like a reality show kind of thing it's like a, it's like you a threw me I, off with a twin experience that's that's what it's called a twin experiment experiment oh okay <laughs> um so you are what you eat is i think it was four episodes i can't quite recall anyways um it is a show where it's it's like a little docu show in that in that like made by netflix style kind of thing yeah um where they get um it's about a it's about a a dietary study where they i think it was like because they 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 have like six pairs of identical twins on the show but like i think that the whole study itself was like 90 pairs of twins or something oh my god but they're all identical twins right and that that's the important part 
because identical twins have the same DNA. So the identical twins, one would be given a plant-based diet and the other would be given an omnivore diet. And so throughout this, the, the course of the experiment, like in the first part, they like the people doing the study would supply them with all the food and then in the latter, and then also like they, they get a trainer. So like they're, they're both doing the same exercises. They're both doing the same kind of mitigations. It's just that the, the type of food that they're eating is different. Right. And, hmm. um, like, so the first part of it, they give them the food. It's sort of like a, like a, like a box food sort of thing. Like it tells you how to make it and all the rest of the shit. Yeah, and like a prepared then, meal. Yeah. Right. And then in the latter part of the study, like they have to just do it on their own. So they have to go to the store, make good choices, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, at, at, by the end of it, you know, as you're probably guessing right now, the plant-based people ended up healthier than the people who were eating meat still. And like, it, it, I will say like that there were some really interesting parts of it. Like, um, and, and there are parts of it like where if you're a meat eater, which, you know, I am and, and Andrew, you are and I'm sure lots of people are listening right now are too. You know, there are parts of it that just remind you about where your food comes from that are uncomfortable to watch, you know? So like, I like to eat salmon. Um, you know, there were, there was a whole segment in this show about salmon farming and how awful it is. And like, I gotta tell you, like, I literally bought salmon, like, I don't know, a week before I, you know, before I, I watched this, like, you know, and it's like, it's like, um, smoked salmon. So like, it's going to be good for a, for a little bit anyway. Um, and like, I, I don't know if I want to eat it <laughs> being <laughs> honest because like, I just, it's kind of gross to me now or like thinking about like, like, you know, they, they, they talk about chicken and like, oh my God, like chicken houses, it should not surprise you how awful it is or pigs or whatever, whatever the case might be. So there's some really good stuff in there. The only thing about the show that I wasn't a fan of is that it kind of felt like a commercial for brands in it. Mm. So like, it would be like, here's a segment from impossible meats and then Impossible Meat would, you know, talk about their stuff. And like, there are a couple of other like vegan brands that would be out there. And like, I, I mean, I, obviously they probably funded it, duh. But like, I didn't like that part, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't, I, I, this would have been a much more effective show if they had kept brand names out of this. It takes the science out of it for it, me. For me, it really did too. And like, I mean, as far as I know, though, I mean, this study is pretty comprehensive and like, it is, of course, scientific and like, it's, it works. But I think that they did themselves a disservice by inviting the big vegan brands right now to be a part of it. They shouldn't have done that. And I think this just would have been way more effective had they not done that. But once again, who do you think ended up paying for this? Duh. It was probably Impossible Foods and whatever the other ones are, too, for, for the placement. So, like, I, I do think it's worth watching if you're, I don't know if you're into it. But, like, just keep, for me, that was something that that definitely drew me back. But, I mean, look, it did work in some ways. I, I am, like, legitimately thinking, like, wow, I really haven't thought about this, this, and this for a while. Maybe I should think about that. Maybe I should think about my visceral fat levels right now. And maybe I shouldn't eat so much meat. And I think that it was effective in that way. So it was, in the end, worth it, I think. Cool. Um I don't know if I want to watch that or not because I don't want to feel bad about myself. Yeah, but, but uh, I mean, you know, it's less about, I would say it's less feeling bad about yourself. And it definitely, it will make you think about what you're eating. It will make you think about that for sure. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for what you've been watching, bitch. Maddie brought us Past Lives, which is currently in cinemas. Sisu, which is on demand somewhere. The Holdovers, which I know is on somewhere in America. So just go, yeah. just search for just the look for it. Yeah. And um, You Are What You Eat, which is currently on Netflix. And Andrew brought us Crazy Fun Park on Hulu, The Sacrifice Game on Shudder, It Lives Inside on Hulu, and It's a Wonderful Knife on Shudder. So, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our first film of the episode, Christine. Sonny, you ever owned a car before? No. I just got my license. Start her up. Her name's Christine. I like that. I saw you guys at the football game. How'd you ever get that car fixed up like that? Oh, this plain old-fashioned hard work, huh? Ever since he bought that car, he's been obsessed with it. And you know what else? They told us the man who owned that car last died in it. What do you know about that car? I know that the guy who owned the car before, Arnie, his daughter choked to death in Christine. It's that car. I swear it's the car. How's Christine coming? Oh, Cherry. That's funny, you know, because I, I heard she was total. Well, after I cleaned up the broken glass, it wasn't so bad. So what if you, you fix it up, you know, and he just comes back and does it again? He won't do it again. She was born to be bad. It's time for Christine. Maddie, tell us all about Christine. How do you kill something that can't possibly be alive? Geeky student Arnie Cunning, Cunning oh, let me I can't speak today, Andrew. Geeky student Arnie Cunningham falls for Christine, a rusty 1958 Plymouth Fury, and becomes obsessed with restoring the classic automobile to her former glory. As the car changes, so does Arnie, whose newfound confidence turns to arrogance behind the wheel of his exotic beauty. Arnie's girlfriend Lee and best friend Dennis reach out to him, only to be met by a fury like no other. Christine was directed by John Carpenter, the legend. Written Welcome by, back. <laughs> right, written by Stephen King, the legend, and Bill Phillips, who wrote the screenplay. Production company was Delphi Premiere, and the distribution was Columbia Pictures. Arnie was played by Keith Gordon. Dennis was played by... The cute, unbelievably cute John Stockwell. I'm in love with him. Anyways, Lee, played by Alexandra Paul. Darnell, played by Robert Prosky. Junkins, played by Harry Dean Stanton. Mom, played by Christine Belford. 
uh, Buddy, played by William Ostrander, and LeBay, played by Roberts Blossom. It is rated R. It's 110 minutes long from the USA. Released December 9th of 1983. Uh, and it was filmed basically all over Los Angeles. The budget was $10 million and brought in $21 million uh, with gross. So, Andrew, uh, tell us what you think about Christine. Yeah, Christine, uh, I've definitely seen this before, but it's been a, a quite a while. So yeah. this was a, like a new watch again. Um, I don't really understand why this movie's rated R, if I'm being honest. Because you know what? That's a really of, good point. Why is it rated R? Because all of like the the quote unquote like gore is kind of like shot away from, and there's really no sex in this movie. Yeah, so I don't maybe I guess maybe like the the one guy that gets run over by the flame car is maybe why. Yeah, it must be. But anyway, um so any um this is a quintessential Stephen King story. It's yeah. a coming of age story. No, about... have, have you read this one? This is actually one of the earlier books that I haven't read. Okay. Because it's a little daunting. It's a it's one of his longer ones and I was like it's about a car. Like do I really care that much i don't know i get that I, like and so it just was one of those ones that i skipped i i don't sure. know why but Fair um enough. after seeing the movie i kind of want to go back and read it just yeah. to get a little bit of because i know there's probably more backstory than what we're getting in the movie sure um but overall i had a lot of fun with this i thought it was I think that I think that it starts really good and it ends really good i do think that there's a lull in the middle that is a little boring if okay. i'm being honest yeah. um it's kind of like when um what's dennis when he's in the hospital bed that part i'm just like what's happening like can we like get out of the story sure sure um because you kind of play along with like the there's like kind of two stories happening concurrently we have dennis who's like the the popular kid and we have arnie who's the not popular kid and for some reason they're friends we don't really understand why they're friends but they just are yeah and it's kind of like it's kind of a two-pronged movie because it's kind of about him and it's kind of about arnie so i i kind of have a hard time understanding who's supposed to be the protagonist because obviously the antagonist is christine but like i don't know who i'm supposed to root for am i supposed to be rooting for Dennis and Lee? Am I supposed to be rooting for Arnie and Lee? Am I, Interesting. Who, am I, who am I rooting for in the overall understanding of the of, of the movie? But that does not detract from my enjoyment of the movie because yeah. a lot of the things that they do right, they do really right. Like, honestly, I had forgotten all about that whole regeneration of the car scene. And the way that they do that practically, it looks so good. It's fucking amazing. I don't, I don't know how they did it in the 80s, but <laughs> in the um, early 80s too. This is 1983 for guys. I know. And it, it looks better than most movies we have now. <laughs> so, Agreed. Um, I thought it was funny that it was $250 for a car, but <laughs> um, and we'll talk about the Stephen King isms of it all when we get down into the nitty-gritty of, of the movie and of the next movie. Um, but what did you think of Christine? Uh I loved it i had such a great time with this movie i thought it was honestly i think it's brilliant i think it's brilliant um i uh haven't seen this before and i'll tell you really well but here's the thing what you said earlier about reading the book it's about a car that's the way i always felt about the movie i'm i'm honest like i just was just like i knew it was from stephen king i knew it was from john carpenter i just never thought i would really care about it until this this episode came along 
and it fucking rocks. I love this movie. I love this movie. I think that everyone in the movie was fantastic, even Lee when she wasn't fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know what I thought with her? Yeah. I was like, oh, this is like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Nancy Thompson combined. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, look, she she's in the story as kind of like a bit of like a, a gear, if I'm being honest. Like, she just kind of functions in the story. Um, the real bulk of the story here is is Arnie and mm-hmm. like and his incredible transformation from you know as the the plot earlier said like total geek to being like a, a completely different person and I think that Keith Gordon was fucking fantastic playing playing Arnie I think too you know you 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 said earlier like we don't really know why they're friends. I, I like certainly we don't. I mean, we, we kind of gather like they just must have grown up together. Yeah, um, that's and what I like. That's what kind of and like you know, together. one obviously was just interested in sports and shit, and one was interested in you know uh, mechanics or, or whatever. I don't know or science. Um, but Dennis is Dennis is played so earnestly by John Stockwell, like so earnestly. There's never a moment where you don't believe that John Stockwell is Dennis. And, and is a good, a good guy. Oh, my God. An incredibly good guy. And it matters wholeheartedly in the story, the, 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 the performance <laughs> of him, because there's never a moment where Dennis airs as a friend. He is a friend to the end. And he sticks by he sticks by Arnie. He sticks by Lee. He sticks by fuck even like Arnie's parents for God's sake. He's just a good fucking Ugh, kid. Those parents. Oh, we got to talk about that. Arnie's parents suck. <laughs> um, but also there is this simmering love between Arnie and Dennis that is so homoerotic. And so, like, fun to watch in 2024 with, you know, through our big old gay eyes. Like, it's it's unmistakable. There, there it's are some... funny that you say that because yeah. even towards the end where you think, like, oh, is there going to be, like, a love triangle between, like, Lee and Dennis yeah. and Arnie? You're like, no, because nope. Dennis is, like, just in love with Arnie. <laughs> oh, Dennis Dennis is in love with Arnie. And, and he's in love with Arnie even before the transformation. Like, I mean, he is... passes up Kelly Preston for all but, God's sake. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 incredible watching this. And not only, like, is he clearly in love with him, like, in, like, a, you know, in a, in a subtext sort of way. He's also Arnie's defender. Like he comes to Arnie's defense, you know, in in times of real danger. When Arnie is in is in the garage being attacked by Buddy, uh, whatever his name, uh, Buddy Repperton, um, you know, the one that comes to his aid, even in the face of a switchblade, uh, is Dennis. It's it's really incredible. But then, like the lines make it pretty fucking clear when um when they're so it's it's not too far after they buy the car. And like Dennis is basically asking Arnie, like, why are you so obsessed with this? And Arnie's in the car saying, maybe I just found something as ugly as me. And Dennis says, you're not ugly, Arnie. And then Arnie says, I know what I am. And then Dennis says, queer, maybe, but not ugly. Mm-hmm. And then and then Arnie says, fuck you. And they, they kind of like laugh it off, basically. Um, also, when when Dennis comes to Arnie's defense in the in the garage, in the, the, the mechanic garage at their high school. So it's like a high school garage kind of thing, right? Um, shop class, if you shop will. Shop class. There you go. Um, so when Dennis comes to his aid there and like he like, you know, hits Buddy Repperton and, and gets the switchblade out of his hand and all the rest of it, he is not punched by other boys. He is not kicked by other boys. He is groped in his big old bulging crotch by Mooch. That is what the movie does. John, look, John Carpenter is no dummy. Like he knows what he's doing. He's he's a filmmaking genius. He chose that 
very specific shot on purpose. Like, I, I mean, do you feel the same way about that? I do. Like, yeah, I on, think that how, it was. How could he not? He knows that Dennis is in love with him. Come on. Yeah, and that that I I listen. I had forgotten a lot about this movie. I definitely forgot about the tactic of fighting by grabbing someone by the dick. Sweet Jesus! <laughs> so. um, it was a lot. But I mean, look, the, not only about uh, are these things really great about the movie. The soundtrack is absolutely incredible. I mean, the, yeah, the soundtrack has. Soundtrack has some of the best hits of like the 50s, 60s, 70s. But know, also the score. Business. Oh, and like, the score is wonderful because, of course, who did the score? John Carpenter. I yeah. mean, like, you know, so you so in in so, some of the songs that I wrote down here, Bad to the Bone, of course, which which bookends the movie, um, Not Fade Away, which is just incredible. Um, I Wonder, Always and Forever, uh, We Belong Together, I Wonder Why, Little Bitty Pretty One, Beasts of Burden from Rolling Stones. Um, uh, what, uh, what is that one? Little Darlin, uh, pledging my love rock and roll. I mean, this incredible songs that like bring you directly into the era that Christine comes from. And, um, so, you know, you've, you've got the music is almost a character. You've got this beautiful car. Like I've, I've never wanted to own a Plymouth Fury more in my life than I do right now. And you've got people who are just completely committed to their roles in this and you've got a story that is unlikely to work that fucking works. It absolutely works. So I fell in love with this movie. I really did. Yeah. Well, and we should say that that's how Christine communicates with Arnie yeah. is through the songs, it, it basically. Like, right. I did love that part where um, Dennis comes to, like, break into the car for the first time and the car just, like, the radio turns on and it's, you keep on knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, thought yeah. that was, I, like, laughed out loud. I thought that was, like, so funny. Um, that, you know, we should talk a little bit about the Stephen King of it all, because yeah, I think that that's one thing that if someone goes into this blind and they're not familiar with the works of Stephen King, there are some things in this that are just a little bit like goofy. You Tell know what us, I mean? Andrew. Tell us. Well, there's a lot of the things like um, when there's getting the car from the the previous owner and he's like, oh, yeah, when she first came in, she had that new car smell. There's no other car smell like it except for pussy. I love this. <laughs> I love this voice from you right now, too. <laughs> but like there's like pussy jokes. There's, yeah, right. you know, there, there's the queer joke. There's um, I like the the one line where he's like, you know, Arnie, I was thinking, and then Arnie just goes, uh oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's like, there's a style that if you are not used to Stephen King, that is going to yeah. take you a little bit out of it because he just has, like, I'm sorry, but the man is old and he has a mentality. We'll see it in a lot of the dialogue in our next movie as well. That just, oh yeah, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't age well is what I'm saying. But but um, but I, I would counter in this one, and I would say that through through the lens of somebody else, it works at least. And that, yeah. that's yeah, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about Maximum Overdrive in the next film. But like it, when Stephen King isn't like a huge part of it, <laughs> it works better, I think. And like this one, John Carpenter got the actors to make those lines still work, even though they feel archaic. You know, yeah. like like the one where the detective is uh, kind of 
questioning him and he's like scouts honor and then arnie just goes i'm not a scout (laughs) yeah right exactly (laughs) or i like this i like the sign in the office of uh darnell's auto mechanic shop where it just says in god we trust everyone else must pay cash (laughs) (laughs) um my favorite scene though in the whole movie like i alluded to earlier though is when the bullies have come in and they've beat to shit christine and arnie comes with lee the next day and discovers it and then he goes back later that night and he's just trying to figure out like what what do i do now like i fixed up this car and now it's all busted again and you hear like a little like and he sees that the engine has repaired itself and then he goes to the um like the front of the car and just looks at it and you get like that signature like sting of john carpenter music with the lights headlights coming on and he just goes okay show me yep and it just brings the car brings itself back to life and it is fucking awesome it's it's, it's, it's amazing it is it's honestly amazing And, and it's not the only time that it happens in the movie I mean, like it, it happens sort of over and over again. And it does make you think like once again in 83, how, how did this happen? How did you make well, this happen? I can tell you that I do know that they filmed it in reverse. Okay. So they had basically how they could, um, how do you just, how do you just like, like not suction cup, but like they, Im- they imploded the car basically. Okay, sure. Yeah. But, sh- but showed it in reverse to where it was coming back out. So I, wow. I do know how they did it, but like the, 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 the thinking behind it and yeah. how you get to that point, girl, you a genius. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously. Like, it's wild. Um, I think that, uh, I, I think that I do think that the movie is a little bit long if I'm being honest. Yeah. Tell me um, more about, about where you think the lull happens. It's, it's literally when Dennis is in, in the hospital, like yeah, where fair we have to go to the hospital like three times basically to like see over, because I think it's over the course of like a month and a half that he's kind of in the hospital. Yeah. And the, 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 the dates have to keep popping up on the screen, you know, they're, exactly. they're, it, in my notes, I, I don't remember exactly when this would have been but i did write down dennis has been absent for many scenes now it is noticeable right and i i, I kind of I, I i don't i don't think i felt it necessarily as a lull i i and probably because it's my first time seeing it i think i felt it more as just like a, a as a lack i was like wait a minute where's you dennis just, you just wanted to see him more That's i all. did look he, he is <laughs> he's very cute i don't know if you feel the same way but yeah of jesus course. what a cutie my god especially when he, especially when he's wearing that little belly uh oh football uniform oh my god when he's hurt and he's laying oh my god let me come to your aid i know what to do <laughs> Um, and I did think that 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 part is very weird. Like when he is distracted during the football game and they show like all of us, all of a sudden Arnie and Lee are a thing. Yeah. We don't, we don't really get like a meet cute with Arnie and Lee. Like they're just kind of all of a sudden together kissing very awkwardly at the football game. Very awkwardly. (laughs) But, um, that did like make me. They take like a side swipe of like what's happening here because this is a little weird. But when he gets hit, oh, that that's rough and stuff. Poor, poor Dennis. He's just he's so in love with Arnie. Like, I mean, he is clearly so distraught. He is distracted from the game that he plays so well. You well, know? and literally anybody, anybody in the school, all they can ask him about if he's, is if he's going to play football. So yep. like, like right. that part really distracted me, too, as I was like the first 
what I guess 30 minutes of the movie were kind of like getting introduced to the characters and like yeah. their environments and, and whatnot. And literally like three people in the span of, I don't know, five minutes of the movie come up to Dennis and are like, Oh, you're going to play football this year. Oh, you're going to play football Jesus. this year. Are you going to play? Like, like, what, what do you think? Of course he is. Come on. Um, I did like, so my, my favorite scene in the movie is the introduction of, um, well, it's not the introduction, but it's the, the pass of to Lee from Dennis. And when he gets up in the library to go over and talk to her and Kelly Preston is sitting there and yeah. her face is like, Oh my God, he's coming to talk to me. He's coming to talk to me. <laughs> and then when he, when he passes her and her face just drops, I was like, that is so classic. High nope, school. baby. I can't. He, he going to Arnie, baby. Sorry, honey. Andrew, just, did you, did you know that Kevin Bacon was offered uh, the lead role originally? Of Dennis or Arnie? Of Arnie, I believe. And, oh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and he ended up choosing Footloose instead. And it went, at one point, apparently, Bacon was going to originally star in Dolan's Cadillac, another Stephen King story, of course, centered around a car. Hmm. Interesting. Um, one thing we should talk about really quick is the bullies and how they are disposed of. And how they um, are they are crotch gropers when they fight. <laughs> also, did you so Moochie, the first bully who is yeah. killed, why is he hitchhiking in the middle of the night? And where is he going? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> because like, he gets dropped off. He gets. Listen, I think this is another queer element. I think he was out there sucking you know, some dick, some mm-hmm. D, some, some trucker dick. You know what? Maybe. I mean, honestly, maybe he was. I mean, like that. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe Stephen King was was thinking about a whole little queer universe in this little California town when he made this, because I mean, it's so clear. I mean, it's, it's cause it's not just Dennis and Arnie and it's not just Moochie. It's also like, there's the one friend of theirs who, um, what was it? He, he, he like, well, they're in the hallway and they're talking about like, um, something or other. And, and he's like, uh, Oh, I really love this one girl. And you, you know how fussy I am. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly you're gay. Like, duh. I mean, like there's, there's a whole lot of gayness here. And can we also talk about how Buddy is definitely 45 years old and oh everyone God. else in this movie? <laughs> like, how did that happen? Like, what what high schooler looks like that? None of them. Seriously. They, and thank God they don't. We'd be terrified of them. <laughs> that guy's definitely been in the gym for like 14 Jesus. years. Trying yeah, to well, like 30 years, for God's sake. He, he might as well be 45. Um, and, and the way that he's disposed of, I thought that... You know, in both movies today, we get total demolition of a service sure center, do. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> kind of kind of cool. A theme um, we just didn't think we'd ever talk about. You I know. know what I mean? like, Flaming service centers. Um, no, I, I did like that. I, there's so much payment towards Moochie's death. And then yeah. the other two bullies just get like <laughs> rammed by cars and exploded, which I thought was well, really I, I, mean, I, I got to tell you when, when Christine, so when Christine is at the garage and, and it blows up and then Christine catches on fire and then it goes after buddy, um, that the, just the image of, of Christine going just slow enough behind buddy, but she's fucking on fire. Oh my God. I literally have in my notes. I have in my notes and it starred. I said, flaming Christine is so cool. (laughs) Oh, my fucking is like, honestly, amazing. Amazing. um, And then we do get the reveal that um, we've been waiting for it towards the end to where Arnie is behind the wheel of Christine. We weren't sure. And I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. 
because like when he's behind the car at the end, he kind of is like almost like zombie ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that he was behind the car the whole time? Or do you think that Christine um, kind of took things into her own hand at some point? It's a good question. I thought about it. I, th- I think it could it could definitely go either way. Maybe and maybe it's a bit of a Rorschach either way that you go with it. Um, I think that he wasn't that 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 was my initial take on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know because they they do have a fake out where they say like, um, no, he had uh Darnell's car and was doing stuff and da 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 da, and he was I mean, at home and I, his I, parents. I, I just think like when he gets to the garage and Junkins is talking to him, I it, it doesn't seem like he's lying. Yeah. To and me, he does. Anyway. He does seem genuinely surprised. Yeah, at a lot of the things. So, and and he, and he also like seems genuinely worried. Like because in that scene, before he goes around the corner, to, before he gets around Junkins to go around the corner, he can't see Christine, and so right. he doesn't know what shape she's in, and he's genuinely worried about that. And like, if he had put the car away, he would know what shape it was in. Do you know what I mean? It's like true. Yeah. I just don't think that he's lying. It doesn't seem that way to me. That I, maybe at the end, that's like the true like obsession has become. It seems complete. That way. You know yeah, what I mean. It seems that way. Um, can we just talk about one for one second? These yeah. awful, awful parents. These parents are so oh. awful. I mean, the mom. Know, it's, it's 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 a it's a reminder that like Stephen King can often fall into archetypes and stereotypes with with certain mm-hmm. things, and like this is certainly one of those. Like the the awful nagging parent. This is who you get. God, that mom! Every time I was Jesus. like, "Can you just relax for a second? Like, do you have a do you have a like a PTA meeting you can go to or something? Like, you she need probably, to like relax." She worried. She worried her son thinking about too much D, but actually, the son thinking about P. Dennis thinking <laughs> about the D. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Maddie here at Friday the Thirteenth Horror Podcast, we judge on a seven stripe scale for the seven stripes of the gay old rainbow. What do you give Stephen Carpenter? Stephen Carpenter? What yeah, that's fine. Hell? Whatever. It's it, it, <laughs> anyway. you, you. You put their names together. Um, I <laughs> give right. I give Christine a solid six out of seven. Um, like I said earlier, I really, really love this movie. Um, and all I have to tell you is this movie fucking rocks. That's it. I loved it. Yeah, I had a really good time with it. I gave it a 5.5. And I said, what was my final thoughts here? I said, there is a little in the middle that prevents it from being perfect, but this movie is still and has incredible feel and soundtrack. Fuck yeah. Um, Andrew, let's take a break here and we will go to a film that is not Christine after this called Maximum Overdrive. The dickens is going on around here. Who was driving it? I don't know. Curtis! It's coming after us! What is going on? I don't know! You want a war? You got one. <laughs> I just want to get the hell out of here. Get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Ah! 
Jesus coming and he is Maximum King. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. It's not minimum, it's maximum. Andrew, tell us about Maximum Overdrive. Stephen King's masterpiece of terror directed by the master himself. (laughs) When a comet passes close to the earth, machines all over the world come alive and go on a homicidal rampage. A group of people at a desolate truck stop are held hostage by a gang of homicidal 18 wheelers. The frightened people set out to defeat the killer machines or be killed by them. Directed and written by Stephen King, production distribution handled by D. Laurentis Entertainment Group. Uh, the music uh, by uh, only ACDC. Yeah. Um, composed, composed by ACDC, baby. Uh, Bill is played by Emilio Estevez. Hendershot is played by Pat Hingle. Handy is played by Frankie Falzon. Brett is played by Laura Harrington. Wanda June is played by Ellen McEldruff. Deke is played by Holter Graham. Curtis is played by John Short. And Connie is played by Yardley Smith. This is rated R. It comes in at 98 minutes. It was released on July 25th of 1986. And filming locations included Wilmington, North Carolina. This had a budget of $9 million and did not succeed at the box office and only brought in about $3.5 million. Maddie, has this your first time experiencing Stephen King's only directorial debut? Andrew, it was the first time and it will be the last time. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I, and I'm not. Listen, I'm not gonna spend the next 20 minutes or so shitting all over it. But I will say that I, I did not, um, did not like this movie. Uh, Maximum Overdrive is a very weird movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, the what, what you just saw, what you just heard from Andrew gives you an idea of it. But when, when the movie opens, a title card comes up, and it says. On June 19th, 1987, at 9.47 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Earth passed into the extraordinarily diffuse tail of Rhea M, a rogue comet. According to astronomical calculations, the planet would remain in the tail of the comet for the next eight days, five hours, 25 minutes, and 23 seconds. And it's got a picture of the Earth and some green smoke around it or whatever. And there we go. Um, Yeah. Um, by the way, we talk about the mist in episode whatever. Um, <laughs> see, see episode whatever. Um, look, the the maximum overdrive. I sort of feel like Stephen King one day woke up and said, "Wow, Christine was fucking great. How could I make something along the same lines but terrible?" And that's just what he set about to do. Um, maximum overdrive is a movie that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And honestly, Andrew basically said what happens in the plot. There are a bunch of eighteen wheelers or ho- however many wheels. Um, that keep people hostage at a service center. Among these people is Emilio Estevez and Frankie Faison, which is cool. Um, also, I will say, like, do you ever wake up, Andrew, and just think, boy, I could I could actually go on an Emilio Estevez fucking film marathon right now? Because I did think that. I, I love <laughs> Emilio really? Estevez. What are you going to watch? I Mighty really Ducks? And- <laughs> Mighty Ducks. Oh, my God. Mighty Ducks, Young Guns, Part 1 and 2. Like, you name it. I, I think he's wonderful. Um, anyways, um, I mean, boy, what what to say about it? Th- this movie has a lot that does not work for it. Um, for the very first thing is the writing. The writing in this movie is is really not very good, and it's not like 
Um, it's not just like the plot itself, because like the plot you could make work in a lot of ways. I mean, it's you know, it's it's not that far fetched from other shit that we watch, but like the the dialogue in this is fucking bad, man. And like just like to give you an example of how bad it is, like there's no just like normal cursing in this movie that, that doesn't exist. Like there's this one part where like the Bible salesman guy who doesn't make any sense in the first place, like he comes out of, of the diner at the the service center and he keeps saying scumball and like various <laughs> and like various interpolations. That's on, very Stephen King though. Yeah. But like on it, like he's not even like saying scumbag. He's like saying all this other stuff. And then, and then he says puss bag. And it's just like, you're watching it and you're like, why or um there's the woman named what's her name wanda june wanda june mm-hmm. wanda june wanda june is the cook uh at the, at the diner there and the like, waitress. waitress you know yeah. she does she does a little bit of both right and um when the the trucks are um for some reason mysteriously trying to kill everybody um uh she goes outside and just starts screaming we made you we made you (laughs) and over and over again and she just keeps saying we made you don't you understand we made you um and then what else does she say we deserve loyalty you pukey Mm -hmm. things um and i I wrote that down because i was like who on earth whatever say you pukey things it's just it's so dumb and so like you know those are just a couple of examples of like of how it just I mean, sort of permeates the movie i can and think of a couple of uh people in college i wanted to look at and be like you pukey things yeah i mean sure now <laughs> now we do um but it's just i i think what, I, what i'm trying to get at here is is like it, it just it sort of takes you out of the movie you know what i mean and all you can think about is just this is just so dumb over and over again. Um, I mean, there there are some other things to it too, right? The the relation, like I said earlier, that Stephen King can sometimes, and I love Stephen King, but sometimes when it's stuff where he is too involved, it can fall into stereotypes and archetypes, and they just kind of like play themselves off like they're like painted boxes or something. And that happens a lot in this. You've got like the 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 corrupt boss. You've got the the newlywed couple. You've got the Bible salesman. And like one scene that really drove me nuts is the Bible salesman when he's selling a Bible in the booth at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And like it's so over the top. Like he's trying to sell this Bible, whatever. And I, I get all the subtext around having a Bible salesman in it who's a, who's a shyster. Like, duh, it makes sense. But like he's doing it with like a mouth full of food. Like he had just eaten like a tuna salad sandwich or something. Blech. And like. Like, why would you like that? That's the kind of directing where it's so over the top that it's literally beating you with a fucking sledgehammer to like get the point across to you. And I think that in the end, that might be the main problem with this movie is that Stephen King directed it. And Stephen King himself even said that uh, Stephen King, and this is some ephemera for you. Stephen King disowned the film, describing it as, quote unquote, a moron movie and considered the process a learning experience after which he intended never to direct again. And I think he made the right decision there. Like, I mean, he he gave it a shot. He tried. It was his own story. He should have been great at it, but it just didn't work. And like that was something that I thought about, like with Christine, like, you know, I've, I've never read the book before. Um, but I mean, look, Christine is a weird fucking plot. I mean, it's about a fucking car. You know what I mean? It's not all that far fetched. It's not all that less far fetched than Maximum Overdrive when you really think about it. It's just something about Stephen King's work 
that on paper, I feel like it does better on screen when it's through someone else's lens, when they have a chance to sort of refine it a little bit and make it watchable. Because I love reading Stephen King. I think Stephen King's books are fantastic. It's just watching him do it on screen doesn't really do it for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm waiting to hear um, when I get a chance to say what I think. Uh, yeah, go ahead and say. It. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Maximum Overdrive. Uh, obviously, what, I I I don't remember if you said it or not. Was this your first time watching it? Oh, you yeah. said yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I remember seeing this as a kid, and because this was like one of those movies that was just like on TV for some reason. Like sure. I I don't remember what channel. I don't know why, but it was just on. And then also, I had a my my step my step siblings mother was obsessed with acdc so this was like a huge thing about ac like acdc was always in the tape player so you know what i mean (laughs) um and so like this was honestly just like a and i think that they made this music for this movie like i think that this was like and then it became like acdc music like if i remember incorrectly i mean who made who who made who like that's true you know (laughs) um but anyway listen do i think this movie is super dumb yes absolutely it a lot of the dialogue makes fucking no sense yeah Um, a lot of the story is very stupid but i think that it, it's so campy that I think that I kind of like it. <laughs> like, fair enough. Like, yeah, fair enough. Like, when you take it at, like, camp level of just, like, this is a movie about fucking the, the, the machines come alive and kill everybody. But yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, when you just think, think about that, like, it's such a ridiculous concept that you kind of just have to, like, lean into it. And I yeah, think that sure. that's what they did is they just leaned into it. And, like, honestly, there are a couple of parts where I I laughed. And I thought it was hilarious. Like when that one guy, Duncan, I think is his name, the, sure. the father, when he gets hit by that truck, I was like, fuck off. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's a part at the beginning where um, a bridge uh, is going up when sure. it's not supposed to. And the chaos that happens during that, there is a part where a woman, I swear to, I don't know how they filmed this, but she launches through a windshield so comically that I laughed. I like spit yeah. up my drink. Like it was hilarious. Like so funny. <laughs> but and I think like that's where I leaned into this movie. Is it yeah, just sure. kind of being more campy than like a traditional like a horror? And I think that's where I got enjoyment out of it. Like there's definitely stupid shit in here. Like when the pinball machine breaks and the guy just goes, "Your mama." Oh my and god! I was like, "What?" I I will say that that that's one thing. Like I you know I try not to put on like a, a super a super lens not 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 too often but it's kind of like of are they really having the black guy taking all the money and stuff right now right like that's yeah, kind of weird but look it was this was what 86 right so there yeah. we go there you go and yeah. i'm sorry but like any movie that just crushes a child with a steamroller you know what <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it kills a coach with a soda machine like fair um, enough i don't know if you noticed this but when the when the very first scene happens with the famous stephen king cameo of him at the atm um the bank um what would you call that like the bank signage the digital signage sure it just yeah. says it just says fuck you <laughs> 
It's called me an asshole. Yeah, and then the ATM calls him an asshole. Um, I, I think that those are just like genuinely funny parts. I mean, the fact that the coach gets killed by a soda machine is ridiculous. It's, pretty, it's, it's like, ridiculous. Yeah. And then like the fact that like this there's an extended scene of this of this child because he's probably what what would you say? He's like twelve, probably eleven. Yeah, it or 12. seems like it seems like he's a preteen, basically. Yeah. And he is riding his bike through town and just seeing all of the dead bodies and just this there's kid, a lot of them. And this kid is just not reacting. He's just like, oh, oh, ee. And the, uh, the only time he reacts is when the was when the um, what do you call them? The 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 lawn sprinklers turn on. I did like I actually did like that scene. I thought I that scene, I thought it was kind of spooky. How I thought like, I thought it was the, too. Yeah. The I mean like the sprinklers there, come there's on. something there's something really terrifying about a child, you know, going through the aftermath of, you know, a town being massacred. Yeah. Um I had I do also have in my notes the we made you <laughs> because I yeah. thought that, that was part that was a we part. We made you. <laughs> we made you. Um I, I there is a part in the middle where um they kind of play homage to Cujo a little bit okay. to where they are being forced to quote unquote feed the 18 wheelers oh, with sure. gas yeah. and they play up like this whole like heat is now a issue in the movie which was kind of weird but i think that he probably put that in there because that's what he knows um because of because of Cujo. Yeah. Um the other reference that I saw in the movie to other Stephen Kings, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but towards the beginning of the movie, and it's seen a couple of times, there is a sign that says Estes Express Lines. And I think that it's Estes like, Colorado. Yeah. And that's where the Shining. Stanley Motel is. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. So I didn't know if that was I don't know if that is because of that or if that was just an a coincidence but Let's i did hope notice that it, it is i say yes yeah we can give him a little bit of grace right yes um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um the one thing i will say about this movie is there's way too many characters way too many characters uh, uh, to uh, keep track of to uh, care and, about and the reality is that is that in the end you don't well there is the part where the 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 what do you call it the bulldozer and the gun thing yeah what would you call that like a military vehicle i guess shows up the gun thing it doesn't i, I don't like what 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 military has that piece of shit <laughs> a machine you know gun a machine like gun on wheels on a cart basically yeah. <laughs> i don't know like it's a dolly with a machine gun on it essentially but it's basically fodder for getting rid of half of the cast that we didn't even know whose names they were basically yes, because yeah. that's like when the machine gun goes off and kills like half the cast. Deus we Ex like, Machina. There it goes. Yeah. Because we were like, well, we didn't even know who they were anyway. And now we're just left with the people that we actually know, except for Brad who mysteriously gets the whole movie without being called out once until he steals the ring off of the girl at the end of the movie oh, Brad. and gets killed. But I was like, because they distinctly say when they're on the sailboat that Emilio Estevez or the other girl, I can't remember who says it. One of them says, where's Brad? And I just said to myself, who's Brad? Check out the big brains on Brad. <laughs> yeah. But um, the, 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 there's just a part in the middle there where it gets a little bit, bleh, I don't know. 
kind of boring and then it kind of picks back yes. up again but um there's Andrew, also I, a, I agree with you on the boring part yeah. <laughs> there's also a monologue delivered by um emilio estevez about a, a broom situation and about aliens yeah and i'm just like what are you talking about you're obviously having a heat stroke you need to just go just lay, lay down, down. <laughs> just lay down honey it's it's okay um but overall i think like i don't know i i thought that it was I think it's funny that they over-explain what's happening here because not only do we get a opening title card, the one that you explained, yeah. we also get a ending title card where we are told that two days later, a large UFO was destroyed by a Russian like satellite. It says it was destroyed in space by a Russian weather satellite, which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and class four <laughs> nuclear missiles. <laughs> Approximately six days later, the Earth passed beyond the tail of Rhea M exactly as predicted. But I mean, like, come on, which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon. Yeah. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? And what? then it also says something about like, and but the survivors are still survivors. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull cause the, the title card. I couldn't get out to like actually like pull up the movie. Um, it's it's just it's <laughs> when that came up at the end, I was like, oh, man. Oh, wow. And you're like, okay. like, also, you've, they, you've read you've read a ton of Stephen King. Was yes. this part of a book before? Yes. Or did he, this, okay. this is based on a short story called Trucks, um, and it's <laughs> it's basically kind of the same thing, but it's more about people being trapped at the truck stop and having to serve the eighteen wheelers. Like it's, okay. it's 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 that middle part where they're like basically pumping gas. Like that's the short okay. that's the short story. Like All we right. don't get the whole like the kid and the, the the dad and crawling through poop and all that. Sure. Stuff. <laughs> I, I forgot to mention, we also get an extended scene where Emilio Estevez drinks poop water, but yeah, gross. <laughs> um, hey, also folks too, if you've not seen maximum overdrive before, or if you want to watch it again, I rented it. I'm not sure what you did, Andrew, but I, I had to rent it because yeah. I had to rent it, but I am actually, I, I pulled up those title screens on the internet archive, archive.org where you apparently can watch the entire movie. It's right oh, there. Well, the whole thing. that would have been good a day ago. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know that until now. But anyways, there it is. If you want to watch it for free. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to call out that I thought was funny was when they are hiding and the fast food menu even is against them. And it's like humans here, humans here, yeah. humans here. And I mean, and, yeah. and that kid goes, this is for my dad and like shoots it. But I was like, you know, that isn't what killed your dad, though, right? Like it was the 18 wheeler that ran him over. But, you know, sometimes cool. I, I enjoy reading the the letterbox reviews. Um, there's one is there, person. Is there a good one? <laughs> well, here, here's here's well, there's all there's always good ones. But here, here's one. Um, this is this comes from Anna Anomaly. What a funny name on letterbox. Um, and Anna says the cinematic equivalent of being served a Mountain Dew with blood in it because you ordered it that way. <laughs> um speaking of that speaking of that name because this just reminds me but there is yeah. a excellent because we talk about drag names a lot on this show yeah, there sure. is an excellent drag name on the new season of rupaul's drag race i want to tell you it because i know you don't really watch it anymore Go ahead. but it's amanda tory meeting amanda tory oh that's so good oh my god <laughs> Um, that good? That's really good. There, there is another review. I'll, I'll read a, I'll read a couple more because they're just always fun. There's one from Lumen who says this production is what a nasty cocaine habit looks like, and I believe this was still in his cocaine days. It is. Uh, I think that he famously has said, "Like I barely remember making this movie." There, so. there you go. And there's a there's another great one too. 
Um, Andrew, you might like this one. This comes from Jay Larson. And Jay Larson just says, wonderfully stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. sense. (laughs) All right. Well, Maddie, what do you give maximum overdrive Uh, on your scale? Yeah, I gave Maximum Overdrive one of my lowest scores of all time. I gave it a two. I don't think that's my lowest, though. I'm fairly sure. Um, Gave it a two, and I said, I honestly hated this movie. May it never play again. (laughs) I'm going to give it a four, and I'm going to say, is this movie pretty dumb? Yes, but the -the over-the-topness and the deaths and destructions are pretty silly and fun. Fair enough, Andrew. Fair enough. Um, Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our films within this episode. But stay tuned. We'll be right back to close out the show. I am Crazy Hubbard Whitfield. Come on down to Crazy Hubbard's used car lot. We've got prices slashing down from 2004s to 1989 models. Come on down here. You got to see these cars. We got Chevys. We got Fords. We got Daewoo. We got trucks like this nice Nissan Titan right here. Get yourself in one, drive it home, your wife's gonna love it. Bring everybody you know and come on out here, ask for my wife too, she's cooking a pot of beans and she'll love to serve some to you. So come on down and we'll get you straight. And folks, that was episode 113 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. But before we go, we have a final game for you. And as you know, listeners who have been with us for a long time, our final games are always very complicated. They take a lot of explaining. There's large rule books. There have been controversies over how the games have been played. Um, much like chess, the complexity here is great. Astounding. Astounding. Yeah. And so this game follows in that same tradition of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, and it's called Dream Car. And it's where Andrew and I are going to tell you what our dream car is. That's all that it is, really. So, Andrew... Tell me, what is your dream car and why? Clarifying question. Go ahead. Are we being realistic or fantastical? I mean, what's your dream car? Right now, I would really just like a Volkswagen Touareg <laughs> Sport your, Edition. Wait, no, no, this, no, that's not. That's practical. <laughs> what is your dream car? Like, you, money's not an option. What's the car you want? Oh gosh. Um definitely something elevated. So like up in the air. So I'm above everybody. Okay, so you're flying. It's a plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um it has it has a uh a, a dispenser that will either dispense Diet Coke or Coke Zero, which one of one I'm feeling that day. Okay. Um it has sour patch kids all the time. And um basically I can either put it in autopilot or I can drive it myself because sometimes I just like to drive. Lovely. Um um, and it's probably like turquoise, if I'm being the, honest. And does like so, does a car exist like this? Is there a, is there a similar no, car? Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of um, a mix between like, you, what is the licorice dispenser in Wayne's World? Like, I want that. Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> You're making me think about Twizzlers now. God, I love Twizzlers so much. Um, you'll, you trust me, people. You will never know how much you love a candy until you can't get it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's the truth. Um, Andrew, beautiful car. That's, I think that sounds mm. wonderful. Um, you <laughs> sounds know, like something out of like Mario Kart or something. Kind of a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, for me, I think like, um, like if money were no object for sure, I would, I would definitely be in like a Mercedes G wagon for sure. Like wow, I can you're see so myself in that motherfucker tooling around and it's like the matte black one or like the matte silver one. So it's not even shiny. 
and it's just fucking cool as fuck. But also, like, I really do love me like an old boxy Volvo station wagon. Like, I, I love really... a Volvo, an old Volvo. Oh, yes, yeah. Like, yes. I don't want the new ones with the curvy lines. I that. want, no. I want the boxy shit. And like, I want the one with those little windshield wipers on the yeah. headlights. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about like late '90s Volvo station wagon. Like, that's what I'm into here. And like, that would be amazing. It would be absolutely incredible. Um, but you can't really get those anymore because Volvo made stupid decisions. Um, so I'll just go with the Mercedes G wagon instead. That works for me. That's it. Um, what a fun game, Andrew. How complicated. How complicated. How bizarre. Um, folks, that was episode 113 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Hope you had a really great time. Uh, before we let you go, uh, listen, uh, we're a proud independent podcast. We can always use your support to make our podcast even better. How can you do that? You can do it in a couple of ways, and you can find both of these ways over at uh, our website, which is www.frygay13.com slash support. Once you're there, you'll see that you can either buy merchandise from us and just some funny little things, or you can also become a patron on Patreon. You can become a patron on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Um, yes, that's $1 a month or $12 a year. Um, that means you get every episode for 50 cents. <laughs> exactly. And listen, um, you know, we don't do any kind of crazy Patreon shit because we just we, we're not into that. Um, we also don't hide anything from from anyone either. So none of our content is behind a paywall ever, and it never will be. So, um, you know, look, anything that you give us goes right to the show, helps us make the show better. And that's that. So give it some thought and uh, consider becoming a patron today. Yeah. And if if you can't monetarily help us out, which we understand in these day and age, whatever can you buy these days? Uh, you can also leave a review on your yes. podcast player of choice. Uh, we love Spotify and Apple Podcasts because those have the best reach. But wherever you listen, just pop a little review in there. We want to hear from you, even if it's just, you know, five stars and you just say, hell yes, is your review. I don't really care. Um, or, I mean, I do really care, I guess is the better <laughs> way to say it, um, because I really would love to hear from people. Exactly. And and would love to, to we're, we're sitting at, we're, we're at a weird place where we're like 20 reviews away from the next milestone. Yeah, so right. we could really use your review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Amen. And uh, folks, look, uh, we're in the dead of winter. It's that time of winter when it just really sucks. You know, like it's just the doldrums. It's dark, it's cold, and it you just it's fucking blows. But in the midst of all of that, what Andrew and I hope for both what Andrew and I both hope for you <laughs> is that at some point in these doldrums, you go and get, get slayed. slayed. <laughs>